Hello! And welcome to Starter Set. My name is Ed Sylvester. This is... Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Sam. Yes. How's your week been? My week's been good. I'm undergoing a pretty intense bout of back pain at the minute. So if I ever, if you just hear me shift to read my notes and I just go, ah, that's why that is. Um, my D&D week has been really good. Um, we recorded our bonus uh, show, Session Zero, the sixth one of those. Um, that's up for all our patrons now, I believe. You've posted that. Live. Live, I know. Um, kind of. Uh, yeah, if you want to get hold of that, just become a patron. And you get loads of really cool bonus stuff, including the character sheets. Uh, long-time listeners will remember that during the really early days, like episodes sort of 2 through 10, I did like off-the-cuff characters uh, when I didn't really know how to play the game. So we're making those into character sheets, and you'll get a couple of those. So you can play such legends as uh, Rufty Tumble, the dwarf, springs to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty fun. We played D&D on uh, Tuesday, which was fun. We sort of messed up a little bit because we were on roll 20 and didn't expand out and there was like a bit of the map that we hadn't seen and I was like... Hang oh. on, why are, we, why are we saying we here, Sam? Well, you didn't find it either. Oh, I've I knew a, it was there. I've got a funny voice and that's my gimmick. I go around like this. <laughs> yeah, that's Ed's style of play. And I was like, oh, this looks very plot important. Should we have a look? And, uh, yeah, so that cracked that wide open. Um, yeah, so it's a good session. We're battling through this spaceship. We're in a druidic sort of temple now. Um, and there's a portal, but there's also a, uh, a living statue that we've sort of set about. So, yeah, we're kind of waiting for that to all play out. Yeah, it's a weird garden of all our ancestors, right? Um, yeah, kind of. Or, or of people from our histories who have got us to that point and it's very strange actually because we've got basically statues of ourselves or people who look incredibly like us yeah yeah but aren't us and then they're talking to us but it's in a spaceship that's been landed and buried beneath this continent for god knows how long a long and then time. one of them's turned up and has been like I am pissed off at you guys one of our characters has actually shifted through from a different universe i guess reality i think so <laughs> uh, and he's basically been phasing out of existence in and out of existence and um we found the like lazarus pit style mm-hmm. coffin that he has to stay in to to keep him from not phasing or f- to stop phasing in and out of things right. yeah weird very weird session, actually, overall, now that I've started to say things out loud, because you never really... <laughs> when you're playing, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is the new... This is just the new norm now. This mm-hmm. is what's happening. And you don't you don't have to respond or deal with the kind of, like, how, I guess, world-ending that sort of conversation is, or, like, mind-bending it is, because you're just like, oh, we're, we're playing we're D&D, it. and this is what happens. I got a new crystal ball. It's cool. In the game, obviously, I haven't got a real crystal ball in my actual life. But yeah, I got a crystal. What? I know. I know. How outrageous. I How's... was sold a lie. <laughs> How's your week in D&D been, man? Uh, yeah, well, as I've said, like, basically, that was that's the game. Um, Sam got a lovely crystal ball. I got, uh, Zebulon got a 
I don't know. It's like, like a, a web wand. shooter. Yeah, it's a wand, but it's kind of like got a quick. It feels like it's got a, a an attachment piece to it. So mm-hmm. you know, like when you people used to quick draw these pistols or cards or whatever, and they had like a contraption up on their forearm. It it's feels like that, but kind of like wand. yeah, the the gun that um, uh, Christoph Waltz's character has in Django Unchained. Correct, and also Moriarty has in the. The films. Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes yes. films. Yes. Yes. Cool. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. So, so that's cool. Just having a. Uh, I mean, I think that's what it does. Well, I haven't <laughs> used it yet. <laughs> Just in cases. And, yeah. Exactly. And I'm sure any any D and D player will know very early on that using magical items that you don't know what they do can only end well. Do it. Absolutely, do it. Don't just. How just, else are we going to find out? Yeah, just point it at something you don't want to live or die, and then you won't be disappointed. Yeah, pile of rocks. <laughs> yeah. What else have we done? Oh, I've been. Uh, we've been reading through the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Oh yes. That was yeah, fun. which has been very fun. Yeah, really uh, like that. Mm-hmm. I have got one criticism. Oh, this is brilliant. He was like, he texts me. Is yours all right? Mine shit, and I was like, "No, mine's fine." <laughs> he was like, oh, "Fine." Oh, the idiot, the the, the the poor kid got the the good toy for a change. The um, fi- so the build quality of mine was a bit iffy, but I can you know I can forgive that. The content is fantastic, mm. but I am irked. Ooh, so irked! I've become a pirate. Um, <laughs> because the quality of the map in this one is subpar to the quality of the maps in the other books. Little thing, mm. but, you know, I like those maps. I know that a lot of the community do, so we'll we'll see how that plays out and whether there's like yeah, a... Yeah, it's like incremental changes, though, isn't it? Like, okay, so they're drawing back the quality of the paper, we think. What does that mean? How much do they save? Why are they doing that? And ultimately, there's going to be people who rightfully are going to go, ah... Because the price of the books hasn't gone down, is mm. is all I'll say there. And you know, t- to a further point, I think a lot of people, as you know, D and D gets more popular, they're lo- they're looking for other stuff. And if they find Wizards of the Coast and go, oh, this isn't as ye oldy or fun as I thought it was going to be, I'll go somewhere else. It's, it's going to suffer, isn't it? Not to make a mountain yeah. out of a molehill, but yeah, I, I do take your point. I do take your point. Well, the so the worries, and this this is probably a conversation for a, a, a large part of the podcast at another point. But the worries is that um, we see like it like it did in the eighties, where it got massive, and then wizards were churning out, or so I say uh. wizards TSR were churning out module after module after module. The quality wasn't there. People kind of got irked by that. Yeah, to use my wonderful word for annoyance. Um, and then you know it all collapsed and it all went tits up and then they had to kind of restart again I don't see that happening because the internet to quote Childish Gambino because of the internet because I think people now instead of going fuck this I'm going to go and play Xbox people just make it we've done it people would just make their own shit and distribute that's true. it on DM's Guild boom that's a tie in you can now get the starter set manual of Homebrew Heroes with four new playable races on the four? DM's Guild I know <laughs> <laughs> ah, there we go. That was a tease. That was a tangent. That's off. good. Should we play some ads and get into let's, meta gaming? Let's do it. Let's play some ads and continue 
our M-Cubed journey. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gaming-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Hello and welcome back. Um, Thank you very much for that wonderful ad break. And let us continue along with our uh, more miscellaneous marvels. Yes. That's what we're calling this. And we've got a fourth M this week. We're doing metagaming. Yes. So M. Maud. Squared? No, that's the two, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to do and realised that was the case. And cubed is the three, so it doesn't really matter. Anyway, yes. So we are talking this week about metagaming. Um... Sam, you've done some research. You've had a little deep dive into how people feel about this. Somewhat generous description of opening the Wikipedia page, but go on. (laughs) Look, (laughs) I'm kidding. I think think you're going to start from the position that I think a lot of people traditionally take when it comes to metagaming at their tables and how they feel about it. Um, So I think you should begin because my... What I'm bringing to this episode is something a little bit sideways, so we'll yeah. see how that goes. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, first of all, we should sort of say that what is metagaming? And essentially, mm. it is using knowledge that isn't your characters to inform the way you play to tip the scales of success, mm-hmm. ultimately. So this is, okay, um, you've gained knowledge out of character. So you've read, if you're playing a book, you've read ahead or you've seen people play the same campaign, you know, on like an actual play or something like that. Um, Or maybe you had a character that died and they knew stuff. That's something that I've been going through in our campaign, actually, because I found that my old character is probably more intrinsically linked to the plot than I first thought. Mm. And people are going, oh, who is XYZ? And like, Anoki knew before he got zapped, uh, but Cormoran Vale very much does not know. So it's really difficult to not do the old exposition pigeon, you know, cool, cool, it's the man with the beard. Um, There's also the point that you can like, and here's, here's where I think it gets squirrely. Let's say you're playing a homebrew campaign and your DM is homebrewing everything, but you kind of know what your DM is into. So with if you're playing uh, Tarthage, for example, you kind of know how my head works. You know that I like Marvel movies and I like The Wire. And yeah. if you can work out how those two things work, well, then you're probably going to get a bead on, hmm, maybe this super nice, generous, rich guy isn't that at all, because you know that's <laughs> not how my head works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah I, I think a lot of people think that metagaming is just like this absolute sort of 
cardinal sin. Don't do it, you ruin it. Why, why even play if you're going to try and... You can't cheat. It's not like you can put X, Y, X, Y, up, down, back into Dungeons and Dragons. You can't give yourself mm-hmm. it. But, you know, why would you cheat, man? Why would you... It's not fun if you do that. Yeah, it's also not fun getting pieced up every single fucking session because you're shit at solving puzzles, which is happening a lot in our <laughs> campaign at the minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people think that metagaming is a cardinal sin, but... I also think that the way you alter your behaviour when you're metagaming is the bigger sin. Because I think anyone can sort of go, oh, uh, Sam really likes Marvel, so it's gonna the game's going to behave and reward certain things. But like, even sort of, there are ways of metagaming that will throw off your DM. And one that I really, really annoys me is when a DM says you walk into a room um, you see a window and you see a chest and you see and then someone's like oh, oh, oh I want to go and fucking search the chest cool shut up you go you also see a plant pot and in that plant pot oh, I want to take a cutting of the plant pot okay it's why a gun it's a gun plant why pot why don't you just fucking walk in and roll a perception check like a regular human being don't assume that I'm feet because it alters the flow of oh right your I see DM what you mean style the, and yeah. yeah so that is the that is the understanding that you're in a game and that things in there may be yeah yeah and it's just like, like, like you're taking you're potentially taking taking an unassuming character who isn't inquisitive who's very direct and then you put them into a room and then they start searching everything that's mm. a very different way of doing it and you're doing that because you understand you as a player understand that it's a game and there will be things around like that. So what you're talking about here is really the people, or, or what I find is the issue that people have with metagaming is when it impacts story. Yeah, but good point. To flip it, mm-hmm. let's say for a minute that, okay, you, you play in my campaign, you know my head works a certain way. As a DM... When you've got like hyper-conscious players, as I know you are, because you're very in the world as Ed, uh, in, yeah. we're into the same sort of stuff, but by and large, I kind of think that, all right, if you think the world's going to play this way, that's good. I'm going to show you that it doesn't. Sometimes the bad guys win, and there's no moral arc. That's just, there's sometimes the bad guys win, and shitty things happen to good people. Or you think that behaviour is going to be rewarded, but it's actually not. So I think to flip it a little bit, metagaming can be... It's, it's kind of like a dra- dragon that you get on the back of a little bit as a DM mm-hmm. if you really want to combat it, I think. I don't know, what do you think? Well, so I came I came to this, this episode today, to this show, after doing some research on the internet... Mm-hmm. And um, which is probably a bad thing to do as soon as you say I've done some research on the internet. Metagamer. He's metagamed this podcast about metagaming. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. And there is a real stigma associated mm. with this thing. And people are very quick to just point it out. Anybody that they, anything that they think has gone wrong, they'll blame on metagaming or anything that they think has gone right they'll blame on metagaming hmm. and I was right. I read these articles and I was reading them till late into the night and I was like right 
I, I got up out of bed. <laughs> uh, I was reading it. I was reading the internet in bed with my internet reader, mm-hmm. and I said, "I'm going to fix this." And I went to my laboratory and I started tinkering. And I've made a potion that I thought, if I drank, I could combat all the world's meta gaming. Oh my god, he's writing a big old check here. Go on. <clears throat> it didn't. But what it did do um, is separate certain areas of my personality. Oh no. So whilst you know Ed Sylvester, yep. and obviously that's who I am, mm-hmm. I'm afraid that's not who you've been speaking to for the last 17 minutes, Samuel. Wonderful. For I am okay. Mr. Silver. Okay. And I am here to tell all you mother flipping whingy whingy people. Yeah. Who go, oh, Mega Game is the worst fucking thing in the world. I'm here to tell you that it's not. And I'm here to tell you okay. the reasoning behind that. All right? So shut up. Mm-hmm. Sit down. Okay. Mr. Silver's yeah. quite rude. So, okay. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Grab a little popsicle. Done. Right? And cool off. Because things are about to uh, get crazy here. I've got a warm glass of water. Is that okay? That'll, that'll do. But whoa, bloody hell next time. All right. Settle down, son. So. What we got? <clears throat> Mr. Silver, right. The reason why metagaming exists and is there is for good. What? Okay. For good? I hear you cry out. Yes. For good, people. Because ultimately, and here is the thing, you don't get shit done in Dungeons and Dragons if you don't metagame. There is a reason mm. why in the real world yeah, fuck, it takes a long time to do things. There is a reason why you sit there and you're like, I want to start a business. And it's like, all right, wicked. You know your stuff. You know what you're doing. It's going to take you fucking four years before you see a profit, mm-hmm. you know? But it's the reason why in Dungeons and Dragons you go, I'm going to start a business. And it goes, wicked. You're making money in two weeks and you've got like continual customers. Because ultimately, Dungeons and Dragons is a flipping game. And it's a game that we are meant to enjoy. Mm-hmm. It is. Spider-Man on your Saturday morning cartoon. I've been watching a lot of Spider-Man on Disney Plus, and when I say I, I obviously mean Ed Sylvester, not Mr. Silver, because he doesn't—he doesn't play him for that. Thing. I'm really confused now because you both look the same. Okay, yeah, go on. It's a hide, hide, Jekyll thing. Don't worry about it. Hide, um, hide, Jekyll. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so what I'm saying is, is, is understanding that this is a game, and that meta gaming actually enforces. Um, a way of progressing forwards into this game. For example, prime example here it is. You have a puzzle in front of you, and the puzzles are always a really good one here because there is a point where ultimately your DM wants you to get to a certain area and wants you to get to a certain point. And they sit there and they put out a puzzle which they think is a piece of piss to sort out. And they're like, don't worry about it. This is going to take no time at all. And then you are there an hour and a half later. And you go, what? And the DM is screaming inside, mm-hmm. crying, and going, why the, f- why can these guys not understand it? Yeah. And maybe as part of that, it separates the party between two rooms. Oh, we had this recently, right? Where we had some people in a room, and then oh, we, one yeah. of us got sucked into another room, and another person got sucked into another room, and there was no possible way that we could communicate w- between those rooms mm. without pressing this button. Right now, yeah. me and you, Sam, we understand 
that there are things that exist within the world that allow you to communicate between rooms by pressing a button. Um, I can't fucking remember what it's called now intercom. off the top of my head. Thank you, Intercom. So we understand that the idea of Intercom exists, right? Yeah. Our characters would have no idea that Intercom yeah. exists. Mm -hmm. Yet you've gone in with your pre-existing Sam knowledge that if I press this button, it's likely that I can talk about it. And everybody, as soon as you pressed it and we heard your voice, we're like, that's an intercom. We understand what this is now. Yeah. And it's it's no longer a... Because if you had that and you discovered that, first of all, without no knowledge of anything like that, in, in a magical world, you would be like, what the hell is going on? Is this a disembodied voice talking to me? Is there a banshee that's just floating around invisible mm -hmm. going, I am Sam! <laughs> Yeah. Okay. No, that's not how that works. Okay. And we had like other characters. We had Thel in there, who is his basic uh, understanding of the world is ultimately: can I hit it with a sword? Mm -hmm. Yes, no, Venn diagram, and then just don't do those things. However, he then, so that we could continue his player character, so that we could continue the story, was like, I'll press the button at the right point. Presses the button. We all completed the puzzle and we moved the story forwards. And that is why metagaming exists. And it does not matter how good a player or a you DM you that think as you are. I can tell. Yes, 100%. The waving of your arms, mate. I, I see why you think the point is really good. I don't consider that metagaming. Mm. Yeah, it is because it's sharing knowledge. It's From sharing knowledge between the players. Game from outside the game. That's 100% what metagaming is. Hmm. And we talked about your personal meta that goes into a game, which is basically your influences and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. these things, these things cannot be separated in the same way. Yes, there is the, um, <clears throat> the, the blatant falling down. Let's say an ally falls down. You're part of your party. One of your party goes down in another room. Right, yeah. that you have no idea about. He's doing his death saves, or she's doing his, uh, her death saves, and the crew theoretically has no idea that that is happening. Mm. But something, excuse me. No, wait. Ah. Sneeze or don't sneeze, it becomes. I know. If you do neither, it's, it's very annoying. <laughs> um, it's a it's a side effect of the potion. Um, <clears throat> somehow, it raises the tension. Yeah, it raises the tension, but also having that tension raised and then coming around and it being saved because a character walks in that direction. Everybody knows that there's some because sort of Because you're gonna find going a on. reason to fucking yeah. walk in. I I I I guess exactly. I would I've seen everyone else go left, so I would go right. Yeah. Or everyone else is going right, so I will also go right. And ah, huzzah, mm -hmm. it's Boblin the Goblin and he's got his legs been snapped off. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 100%. And I see this time and time again. And whilst technically, yes, that is meta, that is 100% metagaming, no, like, you shouldn't but it's about raise context, an eyebrow. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of like... Yeah, how could you get angry at that? I think I think it's all about... There are levels to metagaming. Yeah. Because that's uh, sort of level 10. But level 1 is, well... My old character knew that, so now I know that too. Cool, cool. It's yes. the exposition pigeon. Exactly. So that. So um, <coughs> I'm back now. I'm Ed Sylvester. Hey, Wonderful. nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, so that that I guess what my alter ego is is ranting about mm. is a hundred percent thing. Don't. If you see metagaming happening in your game, mm -hmm. 
don't freak out about it. Like, just accept that this is a game and it's not the end of the fucking world. And, you know, you are heroes. Unprecedented um, matters of what could be seen as good fortune always befall to heroes within a story. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the ultimate thing, isn't it? Because you, as a DM, you can make a really real situation that will break these people. But then the game mm-hmm. doesn't continue and the world dies because the world exists within a reality projection in your shared consciousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now here's yeah, exactly. Tom with the weather. Yeah, it's um, yeah, a weird sort of counterbalance, isn't it, to everything metagaming? Yeah, it is. It's, I think, actually, it's the thing that makes... Dungeons and Dragons actually like the heroic piece because if you don't have it then you are playing another game which isn't D&D it's a survival horror game it's probably more like the Cthulhu kind of games yeah where the game is set to break you exactly 100% Hmm. Um, or you know you do have those horror those horror ones within D&D and maybe this is why people are like it's really hard to kill characters in D&D it's not again it's not find a bigger stick find the right kryptonite yeah you can kill people, but make it mean something rather than... And if somebody falls down and there is a bit of mess gaming that fixes it, don't worry about it too much because that's not like... Just make the challenge yeah. more challenging, basically. But I do like the idea that in the same vein, going back to, to the original point, I kind of tangented from my collection of thoughts mm. to your collection of thoughts. I kind of like the idea that... Okay, so you're all holed up in this building and the zombies that spray acid spikes are outside and one character wakes up in the morning walks downstairs and one of them's got in and there's that and, oh oh sh- oh shit everyone else is asleep and he goes down and she dies on the floor yes and that's it and it's a totally I, I again twisting the twisting the, the idea around I think that is just as powerful as a no you go on but your character's never sacrificed anything for anybody before not now bitch I'm going to hell <laughs> I think those two deaths are equally weighted and tell you a lot about the world in their own way mm-hmm. just to be contrarian upon contrarian yeah I mean the thing is is even with your example there of the um, the zombie death thing yeah. right that is something where if that's the way it happens where a singular thunk dead mm. based upon dice rolls yeah because that's true. the other thing I'm right? talking narratively but yeah I yeah exactly because <laughs> I know I would be pissed if I if I woke up in the morning and then narratively got a like a javelin through the heart and it's like could I have done anything to avoid that it's like no nah, whoever got up first was just going to go down and that's well, like well well, well, well. Oh. yeah but as the DM you got a, you got a countenance that no 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 whoever got up first was going to get shot possibly you should have rolled mm. higher you should have rolled you know I, I don't know it would have to have a leading certain amounts of situation that got you to that area where those things happen I think yeah well you get, you get up and you have to and out of nowhere it's like oh roll a uh, roller what's your passive perception mm, lower than 15 okay so you don't get to roll with advantage roll me a dex check thonk yeah okay so now you've been poisoned do you have any can you you know yes exactly but this is and this is the thing um where we start to get into when do you do your roles, which I think we should do another show on. We did talk about this briefly on the Instagram, thanks to everyone who mm. got involved with that, um, about <clears throat> where roles sit 
Uh, it should there be a punishment for a bad roll? If there isn't, there shouldn't be a roll at all. And what rolls do you bring to your table? I prefer sausage. Okay, you ruined it. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? This is a great question, which uh, people will listen to, and we'll probably get some responses in the Discord and maybe on Insta and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, you may not know this, listeners, but Sam has a very specific D and D treat that he has whilst he's playing. Yep. Um, which are which is Sam? What is that? Ten slices of peaches. That it is. Um, so I'm wondering out there if you guys, listeners, have a specific thing that you bring to each game. Like, what's what is it? Like, what's the thing that you're like? Oh, I'll, I'll have that. I'll have a bit of that. Job done. But with that question, mm. um, and you know, uh, send it out to us on on the Discord or on Instagram like? or whatever. Cookies, Twitter, brownies, they're all good. But mainly peaches. Yeah. Um, let's bring the show to a close. So yeah. I have been. Ed Sylvester and Mr. Silver. Um, you've been Sam Bradley. <laughs> just Sam Bradley, unfortunately. Just, just Sam Bradley. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>